Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Lard Lad Donuts. Ooh. Why not? Just go for the gold with this one. We're also brought to you by the Zip Boys. Mm-hmm. And we are also brought to you by Van Brunt and Churchill Ad Agency. Of course we are. Of course. Um, I mean, let's just get into it. So we are here talking about the episode Treehouse of Horror, uh, Volume 6. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the first time it's been uh, described as that. Uh, this is the sixth episode of the seventh season of The Simpsons. It originally aired on October 29th, 1995. It was written by scary John Swartzwelder, Steve Tompkins... <laughs> Tombkins. And Tombkins. Oh, <laughs> forgive me. And David S. Cohen. I think spooky. that. I think I. Yeah, S stands for spooky. Um, it was directed by Bedlam Bob Anderson. Mm-hmm. And the showrunners at the time were Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Very good. Now, I'm sure they had spooky names too, but I also understand um, our sound engineer, Jesus Ambrosio, getting tired. He only has so much time to be. <laughs> he only has so much time. <laughs> inventive here. Mm-hmm. Uh, David S. Cohen, who. Uh, I forget when it was that the change between S and X happened, but what a what a move. What a move. I think I just learned that happened. Or are they different Cohens? I don't <laughs> are know. Are they different David Cohens? That reminds me of there's a Joel H. Cohen that works on The Simpsons, and there's like this... I don't know if this is a true story. Mm. It uh, when the Garfield movie came out with with Bill Murray and it bombed so tremendously. Um, I believe it was uh, either written or directed by a Joel H. Cohen. It could be the same as The Simpsons. I shan't look <laughs> it up, but um, I remember hearing some story that Bill Murray told him, "Oh, I thought you were one of the funny Cohens," <laughs> which is like. It's not a story that paints Bill Murray in a very um, promising light, but I think he's doing okay. I think so, too. I do want, in case anyone is worried that I don't know, I know it's the same guy. It's David S. (laughs) slash X. Cohen. His middle name is, he was born David S. and then became X. So please don't leave me comments. As boys want to do when they become men. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm very excited about this episode. It's uh, The Treehouse of War episodes are always great, but this one has each each of the segments, I think, are very strong, Mm -hmm. which even in the better treehouses there's usually one that's like ah, that's pretty good but it's you know yeah. this one's clearly the star this one i think honestly uh, has three very 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 famous amazing segments. yeah absolutely and and using technology in in a way that we haven't seen before on the show so we can't be the only people talking about this episode today and you guys know the score you saw who is our guest on the episode description so let's just introduce him into the room um he is a writer on fresh off the boat on abc and also on the new show Love Simon airing on Disney Plus in the future. Please welcome David Smithy Man. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for doing the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm very excited, as we said, to talk about this episode in particular. Um, so, what about this episode uh, is important to you, and which of the three, if you had to choose, is your favorite? Mm. Um, this one is important to me because I love uh, spooky things. 
I feel like that's just kind of part of who you I am. You have a tattoo of a tarantula on your arm. And snakes so and skulls. I snakes and skulls, all, all kinds of spooky of stuff. stuff. Spiders. Mm-hmm. I got Jodie Foster. Lurlene. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, let's talk about your tattoos really quick before sure. we dive into your Simpsons answer. Sure. So just to give the listeners a little bit of background. So we originally became acquainted because I um, had you on one of my uh, lecture series that I do every month at the Lyric Hyperion Theater, and it was Fresh Off the Boat theme. Mm-hmm. So you came on with some of the other writers of Fresh Off the Boat and including the creator, Nanachka Khan. And, um, you know, we hit it off, but also I couldn't help but notice that you have a Lurleen <laughs> tattoo. So I thought, well, if if he has a Lurleen tattoo, perhaps he's a Simpsons fan. <laughs> and I think I immediately was like, oh, I have a Simpsons tattoo as well. And I showed you my gummy Venus de Milo. And so we're yes. part of the same club. <laughs> yes, which I told my husband about the Interact because he's a big Simpsons fan too. Mm-hmm. And so I, I told him that you had a... A gummy, the gummy Venus de Milo on your on your shoulder, yeah. and he was very impressed. Oh, good! <laughs> I, I love to impress husbands. Um, what about Lurleen? Why did Lurleen make it to the to the skin? I I always loved that episode. I think is so so good. It's yeah. really touching and and really moving. It's, and it's really moving and so real bottle, too. Yeah. you know, even yeah. though we do see her come back, uh, it's usually as a punchline coming back. Um, but I feel like that episode is so contained, almost like a, a short film. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's like I love country music and I love old female country musicians. Yes, and. So she's kind of the I love Dolly Parton and mm-hmm. I love you know Loretta Lynn and people like that and I feel like she's kind of the Dolly Parton of the Simpsons. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I just always loved that part of it and I loved the songs I thought were so good. Yeah. And I just it's as a as like a it's like a real story about a real marriage and I really love that. Mm-hmm. And so what is the text accompanying the tattoo? It says. Um, your wife don't understand you, but I do. Yeah. So good. <laughs> those, it's so pretty. Those Thank you. Uh, lyrics are perfect um, in the episode, but also just in a song because mm-hmm. it's the type of thing where it's just like if you're a man in that situation, you're just like, oh, this is heaven to my ears. And if you're the woman in this situation, you're just like, I hate her. I hate her so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it does so many things We're at once. some grinding on the track <laughs> if we could. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> also like um, the Hit and Homer song. Back, back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, back, back Homer. Homer. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, so good. I just remember, <laughs> were you at the Simpsons Take the Bowl at the Hollywood Bowl event that they had? No. Oh, they got to do it again. Hear that, guys? Do it again. Um, but they had, and I forget the singer now, I'm so sorry, um, but she sang um, the Lurleen songs. And it just, I remember it being a really, like, great moment and an already great night because everybody, of course, knew the lyrics and they're just so catchy and so great. Yeah. So, like any true Simpsons song, you know, they, like, have the catchiness there. It, like, feels like a real song. Of course, it has that joke. But I feel like what makes it stand out is how sincere and committed the singers are always yeah. when they're doing the Simpsons songs. Yeah. And it was, like, wasn't it like it's isn't it Beverly D'Angelo? That's right. That's right. That's who sang it on the Simpsons Take the Ball. Yeah. yeah. I was really like I was very impressed and very surprised it was Beverly D'Angelo. I was like, I didn't know that she could sing. That was amazing. I feel like she also, when she came out on, on the stage at the Hollywood Bowl, was like, I wrote this in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course, that's all the stories that you hear. I love yeah. that. Um, so aside from this being spooky, is there mm. anything about this particular Treehouse of Horror that you love um, this, it, it, what I was, I, what I love about it is it takes me back to a moment in time, which a lot of Simpsons episodes do for mm-hmm. me. Um, but it was, I was having a sixth grade or fifth grade, sixth grade 
Halloween party at my house, and we I remember we stopped. It was like full costumes and everything. Everyone went from my class, and we stopped the party so that we could watch this episode on TV as oh it my aired. God. Mm. I love that. <laughs> Did everyone fun. love it? Do you have memories of everyone? Thinking I remember, it was great? Yeah, I think everyone loved it. I think we were all the thing that had been pushed really. Um, I remember all the commercials on TV had been about how it was like Homer was going to be in 3D for the first time. They were, I remember. They were making a huge deal about that. Yeah. yeah he, it was like a, it felt like a huge moment for like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a 3D, and we didn't really know what 3D stuff was. You know, it was like, yeah. right, oh, it's a right. wow. It's 95, like, so it's not like Pixar is like really hitting in. I think Toy Story came out around this time, but it's like we weren't really seeing that kind of CG animation in yes. this way. And especially not in prime time. No, exactly. And mm-hmm. especially characters that you knew to be two-dimensional suddenly were suddenly seeing them in three dimensions, which now is fairly common if you watch like... If you have any kids and you see that they're what the cartoons they watch, right? Yeah, like Mickey Mouse is a three D thing, and yeah, it's all like they're sharing the same kind of basic uh, software, so that it one hundred percent. It seems like now, especially, it's easier to just plug it in and have it be this like CG whatever, yes, and puppet really, than having it be the two D animation. Like that's actually harder now. Yeah, which is weird. So I just looked in Toy Story came out in the same year. So this Whoa. is oh, wow. this is. This is when this is all changing for everybody. Mm, and so mm-hmm. whether or not we knew about Toy Story, like trailers or the movie, I don't think the movie had come out quite yet. But if it had, it actually probably did because this is the end of 1995. But it's amazing that something that, like, we, as you said, know as being one way is now dipping its toe into a different look. And mm-hmm. it's, it, yeah, it was very, very exciting and weird yeah. because we'd only seen the Toy Story characters as 3D. So yeah. there wasn't like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very crazy that you've known these characters for seven years and now they're changing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like a little jarring to very. see. It's creepy. It's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think, um, I'm curious what your opinion is on, um, you know, the way that they animate The Simpsons now. I don't know if you watch recent episodes. I don't. But the way, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you've seen clips of how it's a little bit glossier and, and it's done yeah. digitally versus the hand-drawn animation. Right. A lot of people have very strong opinions about it sort of not so much sucking the lifeblood out of it. I won't go that <laughs> dramatic. But people people get a little cranky about it because it's a little too glossy and it loses kind of the character of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... I would kind of agree. I mean, I think... I, I like what, the, what I liked about the hand-drawn animation, one, I just think it looks beautiful, but also the fact that there was all these little things that would change over time. Like, the, mm-hmm. remember there was like, those couple seasons where the, the pupils were really big? Exactly. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, the Korean animation studio that they were using kind of misunderstood the base instructions. Yes. And, yeah. and uh, it's uh, the very funny side effect of that is that you get much cuter family members. Yeah. They right? become adorable. It. That's right. <laughs> I remember there being <laughs> yeah. some great episodes in that in the big art, the big pupil the big eye era sort of era. I remember there being a lot of really great episodes. <laughs> so um, we'll go into each of these segments in order, um, but can you spoil for us which is your favorite? Which is my favorite? Can you... I know that there's... So we have the the attack of the fifty. What are the names of it? Attack of the fifty foot. The big the statues. The attack lar- of the fifty foot eyesores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. Right. And then um, the Homer three. Oh, so it's only three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the my favorite is the the Nightmare on Elm Street. 
terrifying. Sort of Interesting. Take. Yeah. Me too. Huh. That one is easily my favorite, and it is so scary to me. Like yeah, I remember as a scary. kid being like actually terrified because I had not yet seen what it's being based on, um, right. which is Nightmare on Elm Street, of course. Right. And so, Same. so it was just kind of like. The idea of someone haunting your nightmares is very frightening. <laughs> yeah, like, no oh escape. Yeah, those sort of like uh, th- those kind of premises in in scary movies and like um, outbreak, like it's a disease that's going to eat everybody. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie Outbreak, <laughs> <laughs> um, or I guess the happening um, that M Night Shyamalan. Um, the one with the, the wind. Where it, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to spoil it, but. But the things that are, the like, in, the inescapable <laughs> monsters, you yes. know, that, like, you can't just hide behind a barrier, um, that freaks me out so much, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into the first segment. Okay. Um, this uh, has a lot of great things. Maybe maybe for the Wikipedia, I'm guessing that it's going to be showing you um, a synopsis of just the entire episode. So we can maybe start with that before sure. we break down. Um, here we go. This is a segment on our show. We like to read the synopsis from Wikipedia ice cold. Okay. Could be good. <laughs> it could be bad. But it's probably going to be good because it's a treehouse. All right. Uh, I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, this episode first aired on the Fox Network <laughs> in the United States on October 29th, 1995, and contains three self-contained segments. An attack of the 50-foot eyesores, an ionic storm brings Springfield's oversized advertisements and billboards to life, and they begin attacking the town. The second segment, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, is a parody of the Nightmare on Elm Street film series, in which groundskeeper Willie, resembling Freddy Krueger, attacks school children in their sleep. In the third and final segment, Homer to the Third Power, Homer finds himself trapped in a three-dimensional world. It was inspired by the Twilight Zone episode, Little Girl Lost. And that's it. So yeah, that was a pretty good one. Ah, uh, yeah. That, Covered it. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so to start with uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores, um, this one is is very, it's a good lesson. Like, yeah. I think about this all the time. Uh, the, the the lesson for me is, is that, um, you know, Lisa is taught by the person who actually created these uh like icons, these ad agencies that if you don't look at them, their power is erased. Um, I think that's very true with like crazy celebrity antics and politics also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I often think of like, just don't look. Like, I know. especially with trolls, like mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. like thrive on like negging or like needing to kind of prod. Like, it is the hardest thing in the world to not look at the gigantic lard lad carrying a donut, but like, right. you have to because they are getting their power from you looking at them. So, I haven't seen this episode in years, but it has stuck with me of just kind of like, just don't look. Yeah, I feel like around the 2016 election, you, uh, I remember. Y- you using the specifically the clip of just don't look, just yes. don't look. Yes. And, uh, and I'll never forget it being used in that context. And just as you were saying, like, I, you know, can't divorce it from thinking about, like, the fake news spiral of politics yes. um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the trolls and everything. And, and you know, also you could apply it to, like, just don't look at the comments, just don't look at the trolls for distracting you from, you know, what the real truth is. and But then also following that last line of it being like you know what are the things that are distracting from the real issues yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. it's it's a song that 
goes way deeper than just a Simpsons <laughs> episode, guys. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember I tell my husband because he, I don't have Twitter, but he does. And he like loves, he's very active on Twitter. And I always tell him like, don't engage yeah. like, with, with people that, because people will say, you know, they'll say mean things to you or whatever. Right. I always tell him like, don't engage because that's what they want. Is for you to engage them and give them attention, mm-hmm. you of know, course. like the like the big eyesores in this episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and um, you know, something I meant to mention before we even got into this episode actually is that all of these segments are very long, so we get uh, we get a little bit uh, more of each segment than we have in any other previous um, treehouse. Interesting. Um, and we know that's true because this one has a very short intro and we lose some of the iconic um, moments. Like Marge usually will come out and warn the audience, like, this is going to be really scary. Right. And we usually have some type of device that goes in between each one. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like funny. Like they're at a Halloween party yeah, or they're, they're trick-or-treating. All, exactly. Like they're telling the spookiest stories they can. That's right. Um, so we, we lose some of that, but it we gain moments for stories. And so Bill and Josh, um, who were the showrunners at the time, were talking about how, like, the whole episode ran too long entirely and they had to cut a lot of stuff down, um, which I obviously would love to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure Josh, I don't know if you follow Josh Weinstein. Oh, well, you said you weren't active on Twitter. But if you start a Twitter, just follow Josh because he will, like, very frequently just post, like, uh, deleted scene oh, really? scripts. Like, he'll just take photos of scripts from, you know, this era of The Simpsons. And it's like, oh, what a treat. Oh, I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, this episode starts uh, in a very fun way just in that, like, Homer is going to, I think he's just trying to get something from the Quickie Mart. Yeah. And uh, the, the the outside world is very ominous and spooky as it is. What happens is that he, I think, has like an advertisement for like a gigantic donut. He um, passes the lard lad and, it, and the lard lad is uh, holding a gigantic donut. And I think there's a sign at the lard lad donuts that are like, you know, um, get a colossal donut today. And when Homer buys one, it's a... A reality-sized donut, and he's very disappointed that it's not as gigantic. And I think Pimply Face Teen or Squeaky Voice Teen mm-hmm. is, is <laughs> yeah. conciliatory, but just like, that's how it is, sir. I know, and we get one of many jokes in The Simpsons that end in, that's false advertising! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a runner for the series for some reason. Yeah, um, but there's there's some type of like lightning storm happening that brings mm-hmm. all these creatures to life. Mm-hmm. And um, you get to see a lot of fun, uh, I guess, like advertising characters. I love um, it. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys had any favorites, but the the lard lad in particular is such a fun Bob's Big Boy esque yeah. uh, design, which mm-hmm. I love. Right. Like mm-hmm. I love that retro, like the overalls and the very polished hair. I like the devil, and I like the like uh, Paul Bunyan type one. That's that like was the, really that's like fun. the lumberjack one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. It's fun, and and um, you get to see the the different relationships that each family member could have with one of these. Um, I don't know what to call them other than characters, but like, I love that Bart has this relationship with the devil, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he is doing that trope of you know the the angel and devil on your shoulder, yeah. and he's just being both people because <laughs> yeah. you're telling it to the devil. That's yeah, right. It's like, burn crush the school, school, burn it. I was I always like my favorite. I think was the Kent Brock, the giant Kent Brockman. Me too. The attacks small Kent Brockman. Mm-hmm. I thought was so good. Mm-hmm. But I also remember growing up. I grew up in Australia, so I didn't know any of. I didn't know who those characters were as far as like the 
Laura Ladd was is based on that is Big Boy. What is Bob's it? Bob's Big Boy. Bob's mm-hmm. Big Boy. I didn't know about that. I didn't oh, know about the yeah. the lumberjack. I just thought it was a lumberjack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I didn't have any of those sort of cultural references, which I think was uh, harkens back to what you were saying a little bit that when I was a kid, you watch The Simpsons, you often don't get a lot of the references because mm-hmm. you're like. You're too young and you just don't know them yet. And then now, if you watch them now, I'm like, oh, okay, I know what that is. I know what that right, is. Right, right, right. Yeah, but we always say that it's such a testament to the writing and, and to the way that they don't talk down to the viewers that, you know, that are maybe younger and, and don't know that it's like still funny by context clues. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of just enriches it a little bit more mm-hmm. as you get older, which mm-hmm. is cool. And gives it ultimate rewatchability. That's right. I want to just run through, because I know that we have so much to talk about with this episode, but I just want to run through some really good jokes that I enjoyed. Um, so originally when um, Homer you know, is uh, disappointed in the colossal donut not being what he thought, he uh, ominously says, uh, I paid for a colossal donut and I'm going to get a colossal donut. And then Pimply Face Teen goes, you don't scare us. <laughs> which I feel like is that kind of tone is used a lot in these sort of trios of horrors because it's sort of this devil may care. We don't have to be grounded in this world. Um, and then uh, we see Homer at home and he's just like sitting in the big giant donut. Um, That's he right. ends up getting it, but he's singing it like it's like an inner tube. And Marge comes in and he goes, where'd you get that? <laughs> Get what? The giant donut. Well, I acquired it legally. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Zip Boys, of course, one of our sponsors, and their heads are so giant, and they immediately crash to the ground and start scraping. And, you know, the guy who's uh, working there, the manager, I assume, goes, hey, don't scratch up them heads. (laughs) That's right. Very, very fun. Um, so there becomes a point where uh, Lard Lad, who is now um, he has now come to life, is looking for his donut, which we all know that Homer has. And uh, we have a very good clip here that we're going to mm-hmm. play. Hello? Yes? Oh. Uh, if you're looking for that big donut of yours, um, Flanders has it. Just smash open his house. He came to life. Good for him. I told you, Flanders has it! Or Mo, Go kill Mo. Just give him the donut. Once he has it, that will be the end of all this horror. Well, okay. If it'll end horror. <laughs> God, uh, I love amazing. it. And this is followed by an amazing joke where, of course, as soon as he does give the donut back, it seems for a moment that it's going to be all well and good, and he crushes like a car, and Homer says, aren't you tired of being wrong all the time? And Marge is just like... Yeah, because <laughs> in this version, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes in this version of The Simpsons, Marge is always wrong, which God, is very funny. I love it. <laughs> Those two jokes of like came to life. Good for him. him. <laughs> Go kill Mo. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you can only get those kind of like callous jokes in, in a Treehouse of Horror. I do like the suspension of, of disbelief or suspension of like the grand reality of Springfield that we normally yeah. get. It's also funny that a monster would ring a doorbell. Yes! <laughs> of course! Like, the first time I get it, because it's just kind of like, all right, he's making an entrance. But to come back after being lied to and still politely mm-hmm. ringing a doorbell is excellent. It's just like, ding dong, uh, angry mob here. <laughs> the Simpsons has great, great jokes with the 
I feel like I can't do it with my voice, and I wish I could be able to do it because then I've tried to use it in the past. But that thing where it's like someone will like run away yes. or like walk up really quick, and uh-huh. they do like the footsteps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The folly noises. Yeah, they're so. And the one was someone like quickly runs away and then drives off. Yes, those are always really great. Yeah, and you usually in like in town hall meetings or like in the church, you hear that happen a lot. I also really love around this moment, and it comes from the lard lad like crushing everything in sight. But uh, one of my favorite things that The Simpsons does, he, I think, kicks a dog. And, like, the dog just goes soaring, like, yeah. And it's fine because it's a cartoon. I do not condone uh, harm to animals. But I just love that, yeah. Like, it just, to me, it tickles me every time. I love it. Uh, we would be remiss to not actually play uh, the Don't Just Look song. Uh, but the way that we get there is that when, uh, when, when Lisa notices a footprint, it has, like, the shoe like logo uh, that says like the name of the guy who created these one of our sponsors Van Brunnen Churchill ad agency yes and so she she walks over there and asks like if you created these people you should know how to like stop them and that's where we learn uh, if you don't look at them the the, the power is taken away and he starts to write a song and I love that it's just like not very good (laughs) yeah he's just like well it will sound better when Paul Anka sings it (laughs) yeah and then much to our delight it actually is Paul Anka Mm -hmm. um who had been name dropped before in The Simpsons in the Grandpa versus Sexual Inadequacy mm-hmm. uh, episode? So that's a fun little callback. But um, let's play that song because I think everyone wants to hear it. Hey, Springfield! Are you suffering from the heartbreak of monsteritis? Then take a tip from Mr. Paul Anka! To stop those monsters, one, two, three, here's a fresh new way that's trouble free. It's got Paul Anka's guarantee. Guarantee void in Tennessee. Just don't look. 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 Well, except for Chubsy Ubsy over there. Sprinkles. Homer, stop looking! Don't make us poke your eyes out, Dad! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. And then, uh, (laughs) does everything just end well? Uh, Everything ends well, and then we get an appearance by King and Kodos. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. by the side of the road, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here comes something. Remember the story. We're newlyweds on our way to Earth's <laughs> capital. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, we get, um, you know, the lead into uh, it's so perfect because, you know, they've been goofing on advertisements and, and all of that, uh, yes. you know, uh, for this end of the segment. And then they have to cut to break. So, um, you know, we have Brockman say, uh, the next advertisement you see can take your house and eat your family. Family. And then Homer pops in and goes, we'll be right back. The Greatest Generation is a Star Trek podcast that destigmatizes the very idea of having a Star Trek podcast. <laughs> We're Ben and Adam, the hosts of The Greatest Generation, and the technology we've developed is that nobody knows what you're playing in your earbuds. You know, with legalization, it's easier than ever to find out what's in your buds. <laughs> but we suggest that you legally find The Greatest Generation wherever you download your podcasts. 
We'll send it to you in a discreet, unmarked package. <laughs> and nobody has to know but us. That's The Greatest Generation, the Star Trek podcast that you didn't know you needed, yet makes you feel like you belong. Hello. So now we go into the segment uh, with Groundskeeper Willie. This episode, or uh, segment, like, truly terrified me as a kid. Mm. It's, yeah. I think I it's it. meant to terrorize in that way. Because sometimes, you know, this, the scale of this, if I'm being real, I think that uh, the first segment is probably my favorite just because of the mm. Paul Inga song, and they always get me with sing, singing songs. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, this one, I feel like it, it leads more into real nightmare fuel. Yes. Um, and intentionally, and they succeed. Yeah. Um, this episode has so many good, like, famous jokes as well. This has uh, this starts, well, it doesn't start, but it includes in setting up the lore, um, how this happened on the 13th day of the 13th month. Can I say before that though, what is actually the most terrifying moment in this episode for me is the way it starts from second one where it is animated differently. It's this big, like sort of elastic Looney Tunes type animation and there's different music to it that feels very Looney Tunes and and um, Santa's little helper, because he's playing frisbee catch with Bart, when he catches the frisbee, he speaks to Bart in yeah. a British accent, I believe. <laughs> um, and that was just so unsettling to me. It was very similar to the way that in another Treehouse of Horror, when Maggie speaks for the first time and says, this is truly a disturbing universe, which is something I think about and use as a meme online all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, to start from the beginning, we we have that very creepy Looney Tunesy. Uh, moment uh, that then turns into a nightmare featuring uh, Groundskeeper Willie, and uh, the uh, when he's telling uh, Lisa about it, Lisa is just like, "I had the same dream too," mm-hmm. um, or he visited my dream too. Only he had hedge clippers, and then we see that they're like two little perfect triangles of her hair cut off. But so we're sharing this uh, idea, which, as we now know, is based on Nightmare on Elm Street of like this guy is invading our dreams. And what what happened to this guy? You know, it's like it's the they refer to Willie as being like the groundskeeper who mysteriously disappeared, Mm -hmm. to which Skinner replies something to the effect. uh, (laughs) Do you remember this line? I remember the line. I remember the specifics. It was something along the lines of just like, oh, he didn't mysteriously disappear. He just disappeared mysteriously. <laughs> well, he also goes, uh, hi, children, I couldn't help but monitor your conversation. It's uh, <laughs> really funny. Um, and then right before that, as, as the kids are like saying what happened to them in their dreams, I like that Nelson said, he ran his floor buffer over me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he's all shiny. Um, I forget if we find out the, this. oh, yes, this, this happens first. So basically, we have a test, and uh, uh, Edna is reminding the class, like, now, listen, like, if you do badly on the test, we get more funding. Right, right, right. The worse you do on the standardized test, the more funding the school gets. So don't knock yourselves out. (laughs) Which is something that I didn't fully realize until watching this as an adult. Like, wow. Uh, And so Martin, of course, immediately finishes... Uh, which uh, is very disappointing because that means the funding is not going to go so well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's instructed to just rest his head on his desk, which is very lovely because we get to see what he dreams about. Uh, That's right. 
reminding you that you'd like to be inside his head more than you might have guessed. <laughs> I have the whole line. Can I? I yes, had to please. look it up on Freakyak for it because it was so great. So we get this like, I mean, I just love Martin Prince so much. I just want to see what's inside his head 24-7. Doesn't he call it a duo of pleasures or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he calls sleep a duo of pleasures. But then after that, we see him in like this sort of great hall and there's like this, you know, staircase uh, leading up to That's this. That's right. Um, chalkboard and he's wearing a, a little cape with um you know math signs on it and he goes i am the wondrous wizard of latin i am a dervish of declension and a conjurer of conjugation with a million hit points and maximum charisma <laughs> and then you know i forget exactly what happens but he ends up dying in the dream well basically on the little chalkboard yes, yes. Uh, that has the numbers on it willie pops out mm-hmm. and just Terrifying. Very terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as soon as Martin has died, the kids uh, go home and tell Marge, and here's what happens. Mom, Dad, Martin died at school today. I don't see what that has to do with Groundskeeper Willie. Um, we didn't mention Groundskeeper Willie, Mom. Mm. Kids, it's time we told you the true story and put your fears to rest. It's a story of murder and revenge from beyond the grave. It all started on the 13th hour of the 13th day of the 13th month. We were there to discuss the misprinted calendars the school had purchased. (laughs) Oh, lousy smart weather. (laughs) Do not touch Willie. Good advice. All right. (laughs) Uh, Do not touch Willie. Good advice is such a great joke. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just showing how important punctuation is Mm -hmm. uh, and how uh, stupidity can lead to people's deaths. Right. (laughs) And then uh, what Homer does is he turns up the thermostat Mm -hmm. and uh, we cut to Willie being uh, in the... What's that room? I don't know. The fire room? The boiler room. Yeah, boiler, like the boiler room. room. It's, uh, it's really clever how they do this because all the parents are together voting on uh, how to use the budget. And so <laughs> they're just right. like, uh, $12 for new doorknobs? Pat, or nay. And we see that uh, Willie's struggling to open the door. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, f- uh, you know, new, f- uh, what do you call the fire? Fire extinguishers? Yeah, fire extinguishers. Uh, fire extinguishers, which would be free from yeah. the, <laughs> That's right. the fire. Exactly a free Pat, service. Uh, <laughs> nay. nay. Um, That's such a great And then there was like, they keep leading to things and then the best part is that Willie comes into the classroom after he's all skin and bones like on fire and uh and he he's reprimanded because uh, Kurt has the floor right, right now. So he's <laughs> like sits politely <laughs> on fire. It's and so cool. and what Kirk is complaining about that's more important is excellent. He's just like, uh, yeah, I was wondering if we could uh, figure out what the kids are going to eat for lunch so we could plan the dinners around that. I don't like the idea of Millhouse having two spaghetti di- two, two spaghetti meals in one day. I love it. <laughs> um, and this is when we learn that uh, Willie wants revenge. <laughs> and he says, and I'm going to get to your kids. And Wiggum says something just like, how, with skeleton powers or something? Uh, <laughs> skeleton power is something that, well, that's a good band name, I feel. Yes. I, I got to use that yeah. in something. I, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to learn that you had a skeleton power tattoo on. That's <laughs> a great yours. idea for a tattoo. <laughs> it's like um, in the Megadeth font. <laughs> uh, but this is when he says he's going to get inside their dreams. And this leads uh, Lisa and Bart to realize that they... Uh, 
can't go to sleep uh, because the next time that they fall asleep, they could die, which mm-hmm. is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Such a funny, scary idea as a kid as well. Like, I definitely remember watching this and being like, oh, the same thing could happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love, so they say that in the kitchen. They go, the next time we fall asleep, we could die. But then we cut to grandpa in the oh, corner. Yeah. He goes, yeah, hey, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> love a good grandpa sideline. I always remember that one. It's like that one part of the episode where it's, because I think it happens in the movies too. The Nightmare on Elm Street movies, where it's like the, oh, you stay awake, and then I'll, I'll, we'll be yes. on shifts. You know, right, I always right. remember that part in the episode. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so terrifying. And the kids are trying to drink coffee, which is already just like ugh. Maggie has a Buzz Cola with a little <laughs> uh, bottle topper on it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. cute. And so uh, Bart realizes that he needs to confront Lily in his dream, and then we get that really cool animation color scheme shift yeah. as well. Like yeah. we're in the dream, and I love the like. The dreamlike, eerie colors. Like, it's very cool looking. And uh, it's suspenseful. Like, it mm-hmm. is... It, I mean, the Shining episode is the only other one that I remember being as, like, actually, like, you're a little bit on edge. Like, yeah. when's the bad guy going to come and out? And there's a cool bit of, like, work with the match cut of him being on the couch and then that going into, seamlessly into, like, whatever he's sitting on in the dream and drifting out from there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do, they do such a great job at doing the... How to like like we were talking about the, at the beginning with the the Looney Tunes kind of animation and this with the colors and stuff and the sounds they do a, a great job of like sort of making sure you know you're in the dream world as opposed yeah. to the real world you know mm-hmm. and it must have been so much fun for the animation staff to oh, like yeah. play with different tools yeah yeah. Uh, and we should uh, remind people that the first two segments are directed by Bob Anderson, but that the third one is actually David Merkin. So this is all, mm-hmm. until this point, Bob Anderson doing a great job here. Um, but yeah, so then we we see uh, that Bart actually has a pretty genius idea of how to kind of destroy Willie. And it's to cover the, um, like turn this sandbox into a quicksand trap, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking that was very clever. But I also, as a kid, was like, well, how did he make it go underground? It just doesn't make sense but it was just like whatever it's a cartoon um (laughs) but uh we get to see willie in all these different like versions of himself which is really scary as well like he becomes a tractor that's Mm -hmm. like the terminator 2 i feel like that's the terminator 2 uh reference yeah right where like where the the terminator Terminator is going into the lava and like goes and through all his different incarnations before he dies such a cool i totally missed Mm -hmm. that that makes so much sense um and so he thinks, like in a classic horror movie, you think a character is dead, but they're not actually dead. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great little moment where Bart gets to temporarily go back to his normal dreams. I love it. Winning the Super Bowl with oh, Krusty. That's right. Yeah. And Never I just dream love, of me again. I, I just love Krusty running in like, yeah. <laughs> okay, kid. So good. He's uh, so cute in his different outfit. And we, it's, we love he, it when they're in different outfits. Yeah, me too. I know. And then so this is when Lisa comes up and just like, you know, oh, so sorry. Willie comes back. Now is the scary kind of like, what's that instrument? A bagpipe spider? Yeah. Like I feel like it's an aliens reference. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Um, and the image of it is so scary. Like, oh, how slowly and, and mm. like just terrifying he's popping up. Uh, but he, and he also has the bagpipe swelling of the music That's as right. it grows. Very, very scary. And so now Lisa comes up and she's just like, Bart, you're in trouble. You have to wake up. And he realizes, like, you know, you fell asleep too. She's like, No, I didn't. I'm just resting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, perfect. And uh, 
I think he makes a joke about like after they die that she could be reincarnated as someone who could stay awake for 15 minutes or something. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> Very good so but it really does seem like all is lost and that these two might die um, until Maggie saves the day. Maggie. Maggie uses her pacifier to fill up the little hole that mm-hmm. he breathes from, from. And like, I'll always remember kind of the panic with the little spider arms yes. of trying to reach yes. to the... There's something really so scary. viscerally sort of terrifying about and I yeah. feel so, hands trying to yes. And I do feel generally sympathetic toward Willie, even though he's this like, you know, murder rampagey monster in this segment. I don't know, there's something about him panicking to breathe and that like it's just drawn in a way where I'm like, Oh no well, like, you're a vegan. Oh uh, yes, that's true. Uh <laughs> I have sympathy for all living things. <laughs> uh, but fortunately... Well, you're a vegan. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, I was going to say, do you, ever, do you ever see... I'm trying to remember. I was trying to think, it's like because the groundskeeper, you know, I think it... In what, is it this episode where he has the, the Freddy Krueger claws? Yeah, I think so. Right? But do you ever see him kill anybody in, in the episode? Or is it all like... In, the, in Martin's dream, do you ever see it? I'm not sure. They cut out before it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I remember in the classroom, we cut to Martin reacting and yeah. he's suffocating. Oh, yeah. And then we get oh, that really yeah. great moment where he's got, he's <laughs> on the gurney and they put the sheet over him and they're like, wheel him out slowly. We don't want the kids to hear. And then they wheel him out and the sheet gets caught and it's he's petrified yes. and frozen. Like right. And they're like, oh, God, well, just wheel him out. No, not in the kindergarten classroom. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that that was like a cut around of, you know, even though they give the warning of mature content uh, at the beginning of these episodes, you know, they're still on primetime on For a sure. Sunday night. Yeah. For sure. It felt like, an, it felt like a, um, definitely felt like a, like a restriction mm-hmm. where it was like, we can never see yeah. the violence happening to anybody, you know? We can see a dead body. Right. After it's happened, like, like the, the open the couch gag. Is them they're all hanging? Yeah, mm. you know which I think you couldn't do today. Yeah, but the it's always post. And I think in a way it kind of follows those traditional um, tropes and techniques of classic horror and, and really effective horror of you cut away from those moments because your imagination is always going to do way mm-hmm. worse than actual, you know, mm-hmm. like special effects can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will. So the Treehouse episode that scares me the most is the one where they're all turned into meat. And so, yeah. oh yeah, I love that one. It's so good, and you see them falling into like the big blender. Yes, and then they're told that that was just a dream. But then you do see them have their bodies go inside out when they do that little song oh, and dance. Yeah. That terrifies me. So sometimes my imagination is not as good as theirs, and they really know how to scare me. <laughs> I was thinking about that segment the other day because right now on FX they have that Fosse show. <laughs> yeah, tapa 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 tapa. That's right. Uh, so how does this episode end? This episode ends segment, segment. Um, where they, uh, you know, they kill Willie uh, in the dream. Mm-hmm. And um, then, you know, they are like, oh, we're finally, everything's back to normal and he's never going to bother us again. Yes. Oh, my God. And then the so bus funny. shows up and Willie gets <laughs> off of it and he goes, boo. And then the bus takes off and he goes, wait, stop. 
I left my gun on the seat. <laughs> Wait here, please. <laughs> it's so good because, yeah, Lisa has a very, like, scary, ominous, like, feeling of just, like, I can't help but think that someday, yes. somehow, he's going to find right. us and kill us at any moment. Mm-hmm. And then he is just back to him, his normal self somehow. Yeah. And yes. then, <laughs> yeah, his, like, he's the least scary looking guy when he's just a normal person. Yeah. And it is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, his shoe a, comes off when I, he chases after yeah, him. Yeah, such a smart. Yeah. So funny. I forgot that's how it ended. The bus is uh, just called Bus Line. Yes. I remember <laughs> noticing that and being like, I love it. It was everyone being so clever that it's like, yeah, it's like in, in the dreams, he's so powerful. He can do everything. And then as soon it's like the juxtaposition of him outside of the dream where it's like, oh, yeah, like your your shoe falls off. You can't mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. leave your thing on the bus. Like One other funny thing is that when he even is like this evil person um, before he turns into Nightmare Willie, he cleans up his own ashes with a... That's right. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah. What do you call that? Like a... A dustbuster? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. The dustpan. Yeah, so good. Um, let's take another break, and then we're going to go into Homer Cubed, Homer 3. Homer... Mm. Homer to the third power, baby. Homer to baby. the third power. Uh, all right. Ballparker panel, we have just 30 seconds to prove to Max Fun listeners that we know what the F we're talking about when it comes to pop culture. All right, you guys, let's go. Famous Chris's. Walk-in. Christofferson. Hemsworth. Karen, what's the most iconic lesbian snack? The wings at Hooters. The answer is fried green tomatoes. Margaret, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe missing? <laughs> My interest. Winter, name someone who will EGOT in your lifetime. Ike Barinholtz. That's beautiful. Top gear or top model? Sadly, I have to say top gear. The clear answer is top chef. But top model taught us about smizing. Pop Rocket, smart takes on everything. Catch us every Friday on Maximum Fun. Hey, we're back. Hey. Oh, my God. Wow. I did a lot of math during that break. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was very fun. I watched you do a lot of math. Was I good? Yes. I like long division. <laughs> mm. I actually do. Oh. And that's what we will say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, historically been very bad at math. Me I believe too. I've said to many... Uh, you know, tax preparer, um, you know, business people in my life. I go, I'm a scuba bop artist, baby. <laughs> I don't know numbers, man. <laughs> That's where you come in. That's your job, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this this segment, um, as we said, is based on a Twilight Zone episode. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this episode, uh, from the visuals to just the plot. Um, but some behind-the-scenes stuff that is fun. Uh, this was in- initially an idea pitched by Bill Oakley um, that then was written by David X. Cohen. Um that initially was going to have Homer go to many different dimensions. So it wasn't mm. just that he was going to go to the 3D one. He was also going to go to one that, like, everyone was made out of paper cutouts and, like, different types of things. But it ended up being too complex and what we got. Too expensive, and too. Too probably. expensive. <laughs> and funny you should say that because uh, Fox was very reluctant to do the 3D stuff. And David Merkin had to, like, fight to get a crane shot at the end. But they weren't even able to afford, which is crazy because it's one of the most successful like highest earning like cartoons ever but like they weren't even able to afford to stop traffic um in studio city where this was filmed i was wondering where it was it's Mm -hmm. in studio city and so it's um they couldn't shut down traffic so there's like a big line of cars and (laughs) he's always been like very unsatisfied with how it came out um and it's yeah but it came out amazingly and i i've actually always loved the very like 
normalness, like not glitziness of it. Right. Like, I think that's kind of what makes it so cool when he actually goes to real life. And it kind of reminds me like the way, not to get too ahead, but the way that it ends of him, um, you know, like just crashing into our reality, the fourth dimension. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of like the end of a theme park ride when they do that trick. The Muppet Vision 3D does this, but when they do that trick of like, uh, we've escaped our world and now we're in your world. And they yeah. try to make it this simulation of what we would then, you know, walk outside and see. And yep. I love like how it feels like that. I love a reference to the humans as this kind of like foreign object. And they've done that on The Simpsons before. They're talking about like, ew, they have five yeah. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember That's thinking right. that was so funny. Mm-hmm. There's that photo where it like looks like what they would <laughs> yeah. look like as humans. No. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. That comes up in I wanna say my personal Twitter feed, but especially the Simpsons pod Twitter feed. Like every six months someone's like, Oh, have you seen this German artist's rendering of <laughs> a sculpture that looks like Homer? I'm like, please no. <laughs> we don't need this. Uh, so one other thing before we go into the episode of behind the scenes um there i had mentioned earlier how there's no one hosting this episode marge is not leading us through it xyz um apparently david merkin had tried to get al gore to host this episode but the producers got no response and he said there was an eerie silence and then he added if the vp decides uh now to pursue pursue the showbiz offer it's just too late he missed his chance <laughs> which i think is very funny funny we also see al gore of course later in yeah. the simpsons but yeah uh, that's right celebrate, celebrate good, times. good times uh but I now will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but now let's get into this actual episode it starts off hysterically in my opinion um i wish they still did more of the patty and selma causing panic in the I household know. yeah it's such a classic sitcom feeling tropey uh moment but i, I I think it's really effective, and I love seeing all the different members of the Simpsons family sort of respond to it in a different way. Well, I think there's that classic, what I was thinking about this morning, like that classic Simpsons type of joke, which I feel like I have, it has, I've sort of incepted into me, and I've started using, and other people have started using. But it's like, and maybe our whole generation sort of uses it, but that Simpsons joke where they're, where they're hide, Bart and Lisa are hiding in the closet, and then Patty and Selma open the closet door, and then Bart's <laughs> like, uh, can I take your coat? And then Lisa's like, can I... I also would like to take your coat. <laughs> yes. And it's like, that I feel like is such, that formatted joke I feel like is such a... I love awkward covering. In, yeah. Yeah, those kind of moments like, I intended to step in this way. I too would like to do that. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a great... That's such a great type of sim- a classic type of Simpsons joke. Mm-hmm. It is, and so uh, when the closet is occupied by the kids, um, which is funny because he's trying to reason with them, saying like, "This is my house and it's my rules," and then they say, "No, we called it first. and then just like, Aww. "No, you didn't," and he's just like, "Well, we're calling it now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like shotgun rules. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he goes to the uh, he calls he refers to the bookcase as something like the something case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want to say really quick after the kids in the closet beat. He lifts the carpet in the living room, <gasps> yes. and the pets are underneath oh, it. Oh, that's right. Um, impossibly, but I love that. But yes, he hides behind the bookshelf, whatever he calls it, um, and uh, and then uh, discovers this weird wall that can lead to another zone, a twilighty yes. zone, if you will. <laughs> He's like, it's like that Twilight show about the zone yes. thing. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he dips uh, an elbow in, but doesn't fully go in yet. He's just hiding, and then, and then as soon as uh, Patty and Selma come in, and they explain that their activity is going to be like they got like 
clams or what it's was it? It's a pillowcase filled with seashells from our trip at Sulphur Bay. That's right. It's I so like, oh, the brainstorming on what gross activity they had it's in so store specific. for them. And so disgusting when you see her just like, hey, you could just suck it out. <laughs> oh. right. And like the little crumb juice yeah. on her gross. mouth. It's so disgusting. Um, but Homer decides that he'd rather go into the unknown universe than deal with the sisters, <laughs> which is very funny. Mm-hmm. And then we get the moment where Homer becomes three-dimensional, and mm. it's really special. And I would love for you to talk about kind of the look and your feeling of it. Sure. I mean, this is kind of a controversial opinion, maybe. Um, I loved the episode up until I think he becomes three-dimensional. I think that's fair. And mm. then when he becomes three-dimensional, it feels... I just I remember the, the the feeling at the at my sixth grade Halloween party where we had, there was so much anticipation about seeing it and then we saw it and there were, I think we all felt something similar which was like eh, Aww, you know we, yeah. we, we just didn't totally understand I was like sometimes it, it was a good lesson in sometimes you don't you sometimes you just like what you what you know you know mm-hmm. and you don't want to have it changed too much right um, definitely true for me. And I think seeing it, that uh, you guys were referencing that, the final part of the episode where Homer enters our world. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, I was watching it last night and I was like, eh, like what, what why? Like, why, <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing this? Because it's like, it, there's something that it kind of, uh, I love that The Simpsons ex- exists in its own universe. And I think when they come down, it was it is Studio City. And it's like, like you're saying, and it's like... Ventura Boulevard, very popular. Yeah, yeah. and it's... I remember there being... There's, there's a bunch of extras, you know, dressed... who are, or Extras already, I feel like extra acting annoys me anyway. But, like, the there's, like, a guy with a briefcase and a woman with a shopping bag or whatever. And they all do, like, a lot of, like, hmm, like, <laughs> very, like, over-the-top acting at nothing. Mm-hmm. Because you know it's like, oh, that's where Homer's going to be. Yeah. He's going to walk through right. here. And so everyone's, whoa, like, this big, like over-the-top kind of um, hammy extra acting. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, I was like, I'm glad they didn't do this again. I'm glad that (laughs) that after this, they returned. It was just this one treehouse of horror, and then we got to go back into where uh, everything was was put right again. You know, Mm -hmm. everything was comfortable and good again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was definitely a stunt, um, you know, and they always... Especially around this time on The Simpsons had like, and stay tuned because this Sunday The Simpsons are gonna meet, mm-hmm. who? you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is not uh, unique to The Simpsons. But I see exactly how you feel, and, and I totally understand. Um, but for me, like I, I still enjoyed it, even mm-hmm. though it kind of broke the world. I mean, uh, needing to like intentionally breaking the world. Um, but there was something about. Just sort of seeing, I guess, seeing live action filming within an animated episode kind of always tickles me in a way because it's just Mm -hmm. very novel. And I understand also how that novelty can wear off. Um, But I I like it. Maybe the erotic cakes part is the the part that can kind of lead a lot of people astray. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Um, that. But I don't know. Do you love that sequence in Mary Poppins where Dick Van Dyke dances with the penguins? I do. I do. Because <laughs> I feel like that's live action and and yeah. Well, like Roger animated. Rabbit is one of my favorite movies. I yes. love Roger yes, Rabbit yes, too. Yes. Um, We're yeah. big Roger Rabbit household. Yes, you guys are. Um, 
my feeling of it has always been like a little of column A, a little book of column B, where it's just like, I think it looks really cool, but creepy and weird. Um, and I think that's really fun and exciting, and that there are a lot of good jokes, but that it's not as funny as another segment because the time it takes to kind right, of right. enjoy and show off the look of it maybe detracts from the amount of time that there could mm-hmm. have been like more jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I love Homer trying to describe what it looks like. And um, oh my god, I'm not this sure. If, joke. I'm not sure if this is in the clip or not, so I'll just say it anyway. But uh, he's just saying, like, have you ever seen Tron? And <laughs> no, like every right. single solitary no, person, no, no, nobody's no, seen no, Tron. No, and no. then uh, Wiggum is just like, yeah, uh, no, no. <laughs> um, but I love that general like clowning on you know a not seen movie or TV show in The Simpsons. And I like that there are a lot of uh, little moments that even though Homer's life is in danger, Patty and Selma still are trashing him. Jokes that <laughs> yeah. wouldn't work today, but like uh, he disappeared into fat air. Like, That's right. Really mm-hmm. Somewhere I've never been. The shower. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so but something about the ending of this episode and the feeling of the episode in general. Like, if you'll remember, when Homer's in this, like the stuff around him is. Is interesting. Like the choices of what this dimension looks like, they're they're like you know kind of Greek like buildings, and there are there's like a fish pond, and uh, even though Homer is responding to it of just like ooh unprocessed fish sticks or whatever he says, like the music is really different from a normal episode, and there's something kind of to me that's sad about everything. Like there's yeah. something very to me and to me, there's something very sad about this episode, including the ending. And the only thing I could compare it to will only make sense if you've seen it and have felt the same exact way. But the ending of being John Malkovich makes me feel the same way yeah. where you have something that's highly, a, a very high concept, very mm-hmm. weird kind of like, why did they do this? Like, it's so funny and so crazy and so out there, but like, the the way that things feel at the end where there's technically supposed to be some level of a reset or like a new, like, this is how it is now, it leaves me feeling very like, uncomfortable mm-hmm. in, a, in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't make me want to watch it right away again. It's been, I haven't seen it since this episode aired, but um, I was surprised that I liked it this time because as a kid, I remember being like creeped out, mm-hmm. right? But, but also like that's cool, but also kind of like. But what does this mean? Yeah, and like it's a little heady almost because there is kind of a question of like, but why? Right. And not like mm-hmm. to me, it doesn't feel like gratuitous, but I do think it is kind of like, what's the what is the meaning? Like mm-hmm. it's it's almost philosophical in a way, even though the answer could have just been like you know as we heard like Bill Oakley had this idea that Homer goes to numerous dimensions, which sounds to me a little bit like um, a Christmas story, to be honest. Not Christmas story. Uh, Christmas Carol? No. <laughs> Jack Skellington going oh! to all the different like <laughs> new places. There's which, also that, yeah. that Treehouse of Horror where he where which I think is so good where he does go to like you know he like. The- Messes the with time. Toaster. One yeah. of the funniest One of the episodes best. ever. It's um, raining uh, again. <laughs> what's a donut? What's a you donut? Know? <laughs> but I wonder if that one got. They maybe they took some of the ideas they sure. wanted for this and then applied yeah. it back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, and I know that they were trying to. This was nominated for an Emmy. It did not win. It did win a different award. Do you know what won? Um, let's look that up because I'm curious to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the practice or something. <laughs> <laughs> Night court. Uh, but while while we look that up, let's listen to the clip of Reverend Lovejoy trying to help Homer uh, find his way. Do you see a light, Homer? Yes. Move into the light, my son. No! Homer. 
This is your physician, Dr. Julius Hibbert. Can you tell us what it's like in there? Um, it's like, uh... Did anyone see the movie Tron? No. 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 Yes. I mean, I mean no. No. Well, where's my dad? Well, it should be obvious to even the most dim-witted individual who holds an advanced degree in hyperbolic topology that Homer Simpson has stumbled into the third dimension. Sorry. Here is an ordinary square. Whoa, whoa, slow down, egghead. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that moment. Um, <laughs> listeners uh, don't know unless they've watched it recently. But um, when Lisa says sorry, it's because when Frank is talking about, you know, the um, third dimension, the light gets really dramatic. And then it's because Lisa was on the light switch and she puts it up. I feel That's like all. that line where, where the Chief Wiggum line, I feel like is, I quote, all the time. That sort of well, slow, slow, slow down, egghead, when yeah. someone says something simple, and I feel like it never ever gets recognized or laughed at, right. uh, very rarely. And then I feel like it's up there with um, the word in the itchy lot. Yeah, yes. 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 So, what one that you're? I'll say what was nominated: uh, Cow and Chicken. There was an episode called No Smoking. Dexter's Laboratory, a show mm. called The Big Sister. Duckman, an episode called Noir Gang. Uh, this Simpsons episode. And then what one was Pinky and the Brain Christmas? Steven uh. Spielberg Ooh. presents a Pinky and the Brain Christmas. Um, but what won the year before was Lisa's Wedding. Oh. And so the differences between Lisa's love. Wedding and this um, are interesting because Lisa's Wedding uh, is like a story of like you know, heart and like really like truly masterful storytelling. Mm-hmm. And this is more about visuals. Like it's right. not, mm-hmm. there's not as much of a, like a story here, which mm-hmm. I think could be why it would lose to something like Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. I'm, it's really interesting that you bring up being John Malkovich because I didn't really connect that sort of sensation in watching this world not be sort of wrapped up at the end. I think, that they get away with it because it's a treehouse of horror and, you know, mm-hmm. we as viewers know that it's just going to be its own individual kind of jaunt and that it's going to reset. But I also felt similarly with being John Malkovich, um, not to totally spoil, it's been a while, we've all seen it, um, but, you know, people are taking over John Malkovich's, um, uh, what's the word? I guess soul. I don't know. His body. And there's a glimmer of the actual John Malkovich, the real one, coming back and sort of retaking the body. And and um, I watched it actually recently for the first time, so this is perfect timing Uh-oh. to have this conversation. Um, but I remember turning to my husband, Mike, and being like, I I was bummed that <laughs> he, the real John Malkovich couldn't, you know, come back. But I understand by, like, story math that it <laughs> makes more sense. It's a tidier way. And Charlie Kaufman does a really great uh, job in writing it that, like, of course, it, it has to sort of be a complete circle from, you know, the people that are trying to take over him anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, pulling at the heartstrings is just one of the things that The Simpsons offers. As we see in this episode, there aren't really too many tear-jerky moments, but it's full of laughs. Uh, the Treehouse of Horror episodes are, all, are often uh, the ones that are purely, like, fantastical, silly, you know, out-there moments. And so it's always fun to talk about a treehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the they have, the, they have the coolest references, I feel like, of all of the, you know, Definitely, it's like, you have yeah. like so many references, like, we talked about a couple of them already, but like, 
Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, you get the in the there's that bad、um, Nightmare on Elm Street movie where the, his tongue, Freddy's、yes. tongue, comes out, and I think <laughs> uh, uh, Willie does that in this one.、Mm-hmm. And then like the all, I love Poltergeist the movie. Yes. And there's so many Poltergeist references in this last piece. Yes.、Mm-hmm. Um, It's, I feel like it's so satisfying now, as someone who loves horror movies, to watch those, like the watch the Treehouse episodes again, and you you pick up so many more references that you didn't pick up when you were a kid.、Mm-hmm. I love that.、Um, so, either from our conversation or this episode of The Simpsons, what would you say is a lesson that、uh, could be learned? <laughs> a lesson. <laughs> I I feel like I like the lesson about the advertising,、mm-hmm. but I don't think that's. My lesson. I think.、Uh, I think I know what my lesson is. I think. I think my lesson is. Sometimes, you have to see something you love in a different <laughs> way, for you to appreciate、uh, how it is. Like normally,、exactly. yeah, I think that's, that's a great. great lesson. It's a very good、Holy、lesson. Shit, meaning you have to see your partner get a very bad haircut、uh-huh. to appreciate One, how good it was before. One thousand percent, and then you really appreciate、uh-huh. that old haircut so much. <laughs> If you can't handle them at their worst, you、uh-huh. know you don't deserve them at their best. <laughs> As we all know, Marilyn Monroe famously said, and it's not been botched across thousands, is, is if not did, hundreds. Did of, she say it? I I feel like I was gonna say that so many Tinder profiles of basic <laughs> bitches have been like, um, using that as their main quote.、Um, so yeah, who like, knows? It doesn't、I'm、count、believing. if you're always at your worst. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, th- there's a, a steep valley to that. I will say.、Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the episode and talking at coming on the show and talking about this episode.、Um, it's been a lot of fun.、Um, where can people find、uh, what you're working on, Disney Plus? Yeah, Twitter. Can, yeah, I mean, your, like, your husband's Twitter. He's yeah, my my husband's Twitter. Stephen Horowitz. He's a music guy, so he has a very entertaining musicy Twitter. Lovely.、Um, they can find. I have Instagram, you know, but I'm private, so and I won't accept everyone. <laughs> so,、um, but try your shot. Roll the dice. Yeah, take yeah, exactly. Roll the dice. But fresh、uh, off the boat. Fresh off the boat on ABC, and then、uh, Love Simon will be on Disney Plus. Probably at the end of the year. Very cool. So cool. Very cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And、uh, Julia, where can people find、ah, you? Thanks so much for asking. I'm actually pressed on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Thank you so much for asking. You can find me <laughs> at Allie Gerst on all the things. You can find us at Simpsons Pod. Yeah, and buy our book at the places where you know to buy our book. And everything's coming up. Simpsons is a production of Maximum Fun. Our show is engineered and edited by Jesus Ambrosio, and our senior producer is Laura Swisher. Swish. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.